this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha and welcome to our newest episode. We have a great show in store for you today, and I'm very excited to get into it. I think this is going to be a very intriguing and interesting conversation. We have a special guest with us that has been featured on one of our previous episodes. But before we get into it, both Patty and I have a few little announcements we'd like to make. I'm going to be opening up two new opportunities come January. I'm going to be expanding my business to include a one-on-one spiritual empowerment coaching program and witch school. Now, spiritual empowerment coaching will start with a 45-minute reading, and this is the only way to get on my calendar for a psychic reading at this time. And witch school is going to be super fun. It's going to be kind of like witch school 101. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of witchcraft, um, help you connect with your inner witch and talk about what it means to be a witch in modern times. So if you're interested in witch school, you can go on to my website, pdavispsychic.com or wingandether.com. And there is a waitlist button there. So by um, joining the waitlist, you'll be among the first to receive the course details and also an early bird discount. So I've been getting all these downloads for this new content, and I'm eager to empower more people with Spirit's message than I think is actually possible in individual readings. So while I won't be responding to reading requests right now, I'm super excited about these new programs and have, you know, some things in the works that I'm going to um, open up a little bit later in the year as we move into 2024, a little bit deeper. And um, I hope some of these things might interest you. If you're interested in the one-on-one spiritual empowerment coaching, the best thing to do is to join my mailing list through my website, and I will be sending out an email with all of the information on that soon. I am really excited to present an opportunity for those of you out there listening to join Patty and me and Mariana Volgaris, who was our guest on the Herbalism podcast that came out recently. The three of us are meeting up in Playa del Carmen, Mexico on February 23rd to March 2nd of next year at a beautiful retreat center. And this will be an eight-day wellness retreat centered around the theme of the chakras. And so with that, we're going to do a lot of activities and cultural excursions, including going to Chichen Itza, which is those beautiful stacked Mayan pyramids, which I'm very excited to go experience in person, as well as having a cacao ceremony and sound baths and meditation, yoga, breath work, a temescal, which is a sweat, and other amazing experiences for your overall health and wellness of mind, body, and spirit. So if you're feeling the call, come join us. We have a few rooms still available. Both Patty and I are bringing our husbands to this one. So we have been encouraging people to think about coming to this one with your partner or your best friend. And if not, come alone. We definitely have singles coming along as well. This is not just for couples. If you would like to know more, you can go to Align and Shine Kauai 
com slash Mexico. And you can also find the retreat information from our link tree on our at Spirit Speakers podcast Instagram. All right, Patty, what is the topic of conversation today? And who do we have with us? This is titled After Death Experience Q&A. Now, we did a near-death experience episode, which we released in April, with our special guest, Vinnie Tolman, and it so far has been the most shared, the most listened to episode, and also the one that we have gotten far more comments and questions on than any episode we have ever aired. So we are so fortunate to have Vinny come back on to answer a few questions and to add a little bit more to his story and share more with us. So welcome, Vinny. And Judah, I'm going to hand it over to you and have you tell people a little bit more about Vinny. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Hi, Vinny. Yeah, we're really thrilled to have you come back. After we recorded the last episode in April, after we had finished actually recording, we had sat and chat for a few extra minutes. And I had asked you, you know, is there anything else that you've seen that you haven't shared, like maybe <laughs> visions of the future? And you were like, oh, yeah, I've seen all of that. I could go on and on about it. But you actually said that you hadn't really shared much of that, I think, publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were open to sharing some of those things today in this episode. And in addition to that, answer some of our listener questions uh, other people's curiosities of what you may have encountered on the other side or seen or lessons you may have learned. What happened beyond the story that is most told that you share through your book, The Light After Death, and also on all the other podcast episodes, you say there's this whole other experience that unfolded. Well, uh, you know, I had my experience and and in, in the experience itself, it was it was bigger than what words could describe completely. And, uh, you know, I, we did our best. We worked two years to try to get the best possible description as we could in the book. And, and there was just a lot that didn't make the cut. We couldn't put it in the book. It just wasn't the right time. And then even beyond that, there was a lot that my own spiritual team uh, has instructed me not to share, not yet. And, but those days are changing because, you know, when you asked, um, I got the green light for some of it. So I was like, Mm -hmm. sweet, I'm, I'm good to share whatever they're okay with me sharing. And eventually we get to, we get to all know all of it, you know, as things play out, they did let me see quite a bit of our future and it's amazing. It's beautiful. And it's scary as hell. Before we even get into this, Patty and I always tell people like the the future is malleable and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it changes and we can't say for certain that the what we see or the trajectory in which we feel the energies yep. are flowing is absolutely certain. But it is interesting and out of our own curiosity, we would love to know what you saw and how you saw it and um, what you're able to share. As you said, you had the green light, which makes me so excited that (laughs) I felt called to ask you that even in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So we just want to tell everybody like everything that you share is just, uh, just for out of curiosity, just, just to pique our interest, just to get our wheels turning, but nothing is set in stone. Yeah. And, and for all those attorneys out there, I like to say this is for spiritual entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Nobody needs to go and 
uh, sell their house or change their stock purchases or anything like that. Uh, and that this is not for any of that. All this is, is to raise awareness of the possibilities. I was shown not just a possibility, a likely, a likely future for us. Um, I was shown also a distinct future that, that will happen. Um, and, and the hard part is for my brain to understand how we get from here to there, because I know what it looks like there. And I know how different it is there than it is here right now. So I know there's quite a bit of changes. And over the years, I've been able to, in meditation, allow myself to go back to that heaven space, to the school that I saw in heaven, and allow myself access to that school. And in that school, I can see um, a lot of this stuff. It's very beautiful. Again, it's very scary, but it's very beautiful. And, and it all serves to raise our love energy and connect us closer to our source, to our creator. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And Vinny, I have a question before you get started. Is this something you were shown during your after-death experience, or is this something that came to you once you returned into the space? So I was, I was shown the grand scheme of things. And the grand scheme of things, I was shown where we were as a humanity, as a society at that point. This was back in 2003. I saw where we were going to go very soon. And we've already gone there. We're, we're essentially there now. Um, and then I was shown uh, kind of a stepping stone in between now, where we are now, and where we're going next. I saw a stepping stone. And then I actually got to see um, truly where we are in the eternities. When we, we enter the, the, new grand, uh, the new grand phase for Earth. Yeah, so got to see, you know, snippets and parts and pieces of all of that. Um, in between, though, I didn't get to see. So that's where my ego or my brain tries to kick in and fill in the gaps. Well, I'll start it with um, the great solar event. Now I'm going to back up a little bit. So right before the grand solar event, essentially, we're going to go into a phase of energetic imprisonment. And we're just coming up on that phase right now. Uh, some people saw that part of what I was seeing and they felt like that must have been COVID. That must have been the shutdowns. Um, and they're correct, but the, not, not the correct ones. We're actually going to go into a much more severe shutdown, uh, much more worldwide. And as that happens, there's going to be a separation of society. There's going to be a society that decides to live inside the cage of fear. Then there's going to be a big part of society who says, I'm not going to live inside fear anymore. And they're going to step outside fear. We're even going to see people moving, like moving states, moving cities, because they don't want to dwell in, in the space of fear. And that's coming up very, very soon. Like, anywhere between next week to within the next year or so. So it's definitely coming um, within the next little bit. I saw it completely solidifying and completing by around 2025. But the, the hard part is, is spirit doesn't understand dates. There's no such thing as time to spirit. 
So even though they give me certain gauges and certain abilities to know time, um, there is no time there. So it's just my interpretation of what they were showing me. So, uh, you know, to me, it did look very much like 2025, this, this second imprisonment or this, this imprisonment of fear is, is well into to swing or well into sway where it's starting to take over the whole world in fear. And, and people separate. They, they make that choice for themselves, whether they are going to dwell in the fear and watch the news all day and, you know, get all sorts of medical treatments to take care of their fear. Um, or they're going to step outside that fear. They're going to say, I like my chances with nature. I like my chances with God, with creation, with source. And they're going to go a completely different direction outside of fear, not inside the cage. So that's going to happen. I know for a fact that's going to happen. And it, and it's not the first round of COVID at all. It, the first round of COVID was like the warm up. Um, this is going to be the real thing. Um, Second thing that's going to happen is around uh, ver within within a couple of years of this caging of fear that happens on the earth, there will be a solar event, a grand solar event. And we talked about that already. So, uh, you know, this grand solar event is going to come and it's going to affect the entire planet. There's going to be powers that say that people need to hide and get away from this event. Uh, but this event is something that, from my perspective, is something that you want to embrace. It's something that you want to go and 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 see in person for yourself. Uh, so as this happens, to me, it looks like a grand CME or a coronal mass ejection that's going to happen on Earth. And to me, it lo also looks like uh, the northern lights, but it's going to happen during the day, in the middle of the day over the entire planet, um, all, the entire planet that has the sun facing and even the, the moon facing side, it's going to completely envelop the planet in this um, raining rainbow, almost like the rainbow bridge is going to touch Earth. And as it does this, um, those who are hiding away, they won't be affected at all. They're just, they're going to go into their cage of fear. They're not going to be affected whatsoever. Uh, they're going to hide out for a day or two as it happens and then come back out and be normal. But those who embrace it, they will be getting instant upgrades, instant upgrades. And these upgrades are going to be numerous. Many of them are almost like an ESP or a direct communication with other people that also were in the upgrade. It's going to feel like you can communicate to each other without cell phones, like you don't need technology anymore. And it's going to be a direct connection through light, through the love energy, the love frequency. And it's going to be extremely powerful for those who are out in the event. The hard part is, is for those who were not in the event, they're going to see us who were out inside the, you know, out, out in the sun for this event. They're going to see us as crazy and as weirdos and, and see us as uh, extreme. And we're, we're going to pull up roots wherever we live. And we're going to start gathering in different locations across the planet. There's going to be specific holy places in high places. 
specifically above a certain uh, elevation above sea level. We're going to start, just start gathering. We're not going to know why, but we are. We're going to be quitting jobs. We're going to be selling everything we own. And we're going to be pulling up roots and moving ourselves to these locations and starting to build these communities of light. And in these communities of light, we actually start bringing salvation to the earth. We start bringing true enlightenment to the earth. We start connecting to um, higher consciousness, to source creator consciousness, and start escalating the progress of the, of the planet, of the earth. And as we do this, um, it really serves this higher purpose for the entire planet. But at the same exact time, the people that were hiding out for the solar event, they're going to be still living in their normal communities, but their normal communities are going to start breaking down and coming into extreme violence, extreme looting, extreme situations. And, uh, and the fear mantra is going to continue to envelop them and going to continue to imprison them uh, to a point where they, they don't even recognize where these cities of light are. They can't even see them. And, and thus begins the, the separation of the light and the dark uh, as far as energy on this planet. And it's going to be a beautiful thing to, to be on the side of the light for sure. It's going to be a scary thing to be on the side of the fear. So it starts, it starts with the cage, the cage that society builds, the cage that um, government builds. If we want to allow ourselves to be caged by that fear, then that's the path we choose. But it starts with the fear. So that's, that's the main event. That's the main, main event that I, I see happening is first the, the solar event and then the separation and the moving. I would just like to say, um, you know, I sometimes think that I'm crazy because I see some wild stuff and uh, mm-hmm. that is very similar to how I see it. But it's so extraordinary to wrap our heads around that this could Mm -hmm. possibly happen, that it's sort of like we're holding on to some little glimmer of faith or some higher truth in our own knowing that that something like that could happen, even though the rest of the world, you're looking around and it's just moving through the mundane day in and day out. Nothing extraordinary seems like it's on the horizon. But yet there's so many of us right now who are feeling this immense change and i you know and when you're when you talked about that like rainbow curtain of light like i've described Mm -hmm. this so many times as like i see this moment where there's this like rainbow curtain of light and i feel like all of a sudden we come super aware of like our guides our our angels our loved ones who've crossed over like all of these interdimensional beings that are are here in our midst that we can't see and connect to i i've seen this vision of like it's almost like there's this rainbow curtain and those that are on this side of the curtain can see all of that and everybody else is running amok in chaos and i just want to say yep. that was just very validating <laughs> to what i uh personally have seen and I know Patty and I have both been getting some pretty intense messages about some like pretty out there and extraordinary, um, what do I want to say, like instinctual things that we're going to be doing in the future. This like greater mm-hmm. calling outside of ourselves that just pushes us to do uh, these big things. It's almost like a light switch moment that happens and all of a sudden we all just know 
that this yep. is what we're supposed to do. I've been saying this for years, um, but I can't quite explain it. So to hear it from you is really incredible, especially saying that you've seen it during your after death experience. So my curiosity is like, can you describe like, how did that information come in? Did you see it playing out like a, a movie? Did you hear it audibly? Was it just a direct knowing? So it was, it was um, something visual. I saw it. So I saw these things play out, but it's taken me years to dissect it. It has, it's taken me years to understand it and understand what it, what it was that I was seeing. Um, like the first off the rainbow bridge to see the rainbow uh, raining down on the earth, the way energetically. And I don't mean some great pride festival or something. I mean, legitimately there's rainbow energy flooding the entire planet. And there's going to be two ways to accept it or reject it. There's going to be one way of just fully embracing it and going out and saying, I love this and, and fully letting yourself, your body self embrace it and getting, like you said, those instant upgrades, uh, unlocking knowledge that you didn't know was already there your whole life, uh, unlocking certain tools like communication tools, communication to higher beings, communication to spirit, communication to angels. Um, this is a real thing. This is a real thing. And some people that have gone through their, their near-death experience, they've unlocked a lot of this. And that's the thing that they're unlocking is it's the process of getting into that light and coming back here to this earth that you come back different. And to me, that's what was different about me is th those things unlocked in me uh, when I made my transition and then came back. When you were seeing these visions, did you have your guide with you? Uh, was there any other consciousness there explaining these things or was it just a full-on sort of telepathic download and knowing? So it was a full, it was a full-on snapshot. So I was given snapshots of all this and then over time dissecting those snapshots is what has allowed me to know what these things are, what everything that's happening. Yeah, everything that's going to happen, everything that is happening. Me, I completely get the inability to peg a timeline it's so everything to me in mm -hmm. spirit realm feels like tomorrow it feels like right now it's gonna happen so soon but you know it could be 20 years 30 years 50 years how have you been able to kind of get down into some window and have you seen some of these visions already come to fruition so i do what's called timeline work so i can plug into a specific time that i'm trying to uh, get a distinguished date on or a year on and what I'll do is I'll, I'll scroll forward. I'll visualize that event as if it has a time wheel above it. And I'll spin that time wheel. And there's certain years that, that feel congruent to the event. And there's certain years that don't. And what you'll recognize is as you get close to the actual year, you'll feel that congruency happen. And then as you get away from the year, you'll feel the congruency leave. And uh, it's, it's one of those things you have to experience really to understand. I think you understanding, you're following, tracking what I'm saying, but that's what it is. So for instance, I will look at the, the essentially the, the cage, the, the second cage or the, the big cage of fear that they're going to try to put all of us in. As I go to that gauge, you know, as I go, you know, a few years ago, I was doing 2020, 2021, 2022. I knew that that wasn't the, ma the main cage. But as soon as I got to 2023, towards the end of 2023, I was feeling extremely congruent. 
And so I feel that that one's going to be happening very, very soon. To me, it's going to happen within a year. Um, and, and it makes sense. I mean, there's, there's more, you know, there's a lot more people talking about that thing now than there was a year ago or even six months ago. So I think that uh, it's not just me. A lot of people have been picking up this, this same information. Thanks, Vinny. I have, a, I have a question for you. Um, after sure. the uh, the solar event, when you say we start to separate the light from the dark, now we as humans think very linearly, and you know, there's a lot of talk about moving from the third dimension into the fourth dimension into the fifth dimension. And I don't believe things are that linear. However, when that separation happens and people move into those light communities. Do you think that is moving into what a lot of people consider the fourth or the fifth dimension? And one of the reasons I'm asking is, you know, as a psychic, I read so many people that are really having huge spiritual awakenings and have this awareness. However, you know, we have one foot stuck in the third dimensional reality, which is really depressing because we know what's coming. We know what's possible you know, where we're headed. However, we still have to pay rent, you know, and we still have to eat. And so do you see that <laughs> yeah. as, as a, a community where those things, the third dimensional restrictions are less or not necessary as we, um, people talk about in the fifth dimension. So here's the way that it, it's shown to me that each dimension is first a gateway before it's a dimension. And so the gateway or the door has to be opened first. And then once the gateway or the door is opened, that energy will start trickling down into our space here. It's not going to affect all of us, though. It's going to only affect those who are tuned to that high frequency, to that high dimension. So there's people here living in 3, 4, and 5D. There's also people I know for a fact living in 7, 8, and 9D. Um, in fact, yesterday, I had in a uh, a beautiful moment, I heard... Uh, heard said the 11th gate is now open. So to me, that's the top of the ladder. So that's, that's time for uh, the powers. The strongest powers are going to be pouring on the earth. But again, it's only going to affect those who are in tune for it. Those who are attuned for it. Then we could be ascending our, literally to our 11th dimension here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Now, I, you know, Jude and I have talked about this. We see things similarly, but differently. The way I've been seeing things is if, you know, there's the earth and then there's a holographical, let's call it the new earth that's over it. And as we start to separate, and I kind of see that as a separation between the dark and the light, the new earth begins to be less holographic and more solid. And the old earth becomes to be, becomes a little bit more holographic. So I, you know, for me, I see it as this moving into almost like two different earths, the new earth, the old earth. And there are those that stay in the old and there are those that are able to move into the new. Um, does that resonate with you at all? Does, does that seem it, like it could it, kind it of resonates, translate? It resonates in reverse. So to okay. me, as we step into the new earth, the new earth does become more solidified, but at the same time, we become more holographic ourselves. We become more energetic ourselves. Um, when I was in heaven, I was seeing my physical body, but I didn't have a human body. I didn't have a meat suit on me. I did have an energetic body. I was looking down at my hands and my feet, um, but it was all energy. And some might call that some type of holographic, but to me, that's more real 
as an energetic body, that's more real than this low density um, physical meat suit that I drive around here on earth. So, you know, in the long run, we're, we're going to be in those high energetic bodies. That's our eternal state. And uh, so we will transition from this, this density of physicalness, physicalness, and into an energeticness. And in energeticness, we don't need to eat. We don't need to pay rent. Um, uh, we, we recognize that we are the light. We are the source. We are um, our own salvation. We are, we, you know, we are going to be the saviors of ourselves that there's no outside savior that's going to come to us. We, we have to arrive and like activate our own savior energy inside of us first. And as we do, there will be helpers who come tremendous helpers, but first they're going to show up in us first. Okay. I, I saw that too. I've met a few people that spirit has told me that they are, let's just say the people with the keys that as that mm-hmm. switch starts to happen, they are, are beings that are here that are going to like join together. There's like, a, you know, a few of them that have the magic key that go in, so to say, so to speak, that actually help the transition lock in or, or fully split. Do you agree with that? Do you feel like there are people? Absolutely. Here? The, okay. the key masters are here now. And I know a bunch of them and I'll tell oh, you, um, I love that. <laughs> that, that's a real thing. You know, I'm not just a Ghostbusters fan because they talk about key masters and Ghostbusters, but I'll tell you, this is a real thing. There's key masters here. Um, I have one very close to me, very close to me that is a key master. And um, and she's got keys to all sorts of dimensions that I didn't have until um, she came into, into existence or came near me. And um, yeah, those, peop- those people, those beings, though, to me, they're, they're almost angelic. They are real and they're here now. They have come into into incarnation now, incarnation now to um, activate those keys, those gateways, those activations for us uh, so that we can rise. We can rise to the occasion. That's thank you so much. I met two of them and I was trying to explain to them what I was seeing. And like you said, sometimes it's hard to put things into words. Most of them don't know. Most of the key masters don't know that they're key masters, but. Um, when I plug into who they are, I can plug into everybody. You know, I love, I love what spirit allows me to do. And I kind of plug into the, to the power outlet of someone. And as I plug in, I can, I can feel the vitality of that being. I can feel grand purpose. I can feel, um, destiny on that person. And many of them, I can feel whether they're key masters or not. And there's a few of them now. It's really a beautiful thing. Lovely. Thank you. So I just want to say that, um, Patty totally reached out to me. What was it like a week or two ago and gave me all of this information about she's like, you know, every once in a while, Patty and I chime in with each other. We're like, oh, my gosh, today this happened. I saw this thing and she was going on and on about these key masters. Basically, she's (laughs) like, I don't know what it is. And then I was telling her, too, because we use different vocabulary sometimes. And I I keep calling this the light switch moment, which you're kind of validating for me in my vision of like whether this is like a gradual ascension or if there's like this ba-boom, aha moment where this big thing happens. And I see that gradual ascension leading up to this like ultimate like climax moment where it's just mm-hmm. boom, this big shift happens. And I see it as this like radiating light that comes in which you're saying is like a a solar event, which it may or may not be, you know, I, I don't, I don't, your your, event's going to happen. I know for a fact it's, it's a solar event, but I certainly 
have seen this big light come through. And um, I've been telling a lot of people more and more about, I, I say it's like a light switch activation. And I said, there's some of us that are a little bit ahead of the game where some of us are getting that light switch moment a little bit earlier. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, boom. And I see it as like, like you said, suddenly you just know, and it is like a force outside of yourself that is without your own conscious choosing where you just know where you need to be, what you need to be doing yep. and how you and need you, to be doing it. And there'll be, there'll be no explanation. We're going to try to explain it to, to loved ones, to family members. They're going to shake their heads at us and say, we're crazy. And, and then it brings yeah. me to the next thing that's going to happen. Um, after the grand solar event, there's, there's going to be a great shaking and, and this is going to be, it affects the entire planet. It will literally stop us in our tracks. All society will pause for the great shaking. And when it happens, the earth will, will literally change its form. It will have oceans where there was no oceans. It'll have land where there was no land. Uh, where there once was land, there will be ocean. And it's, it's going to be and uh, this is going to be a scary thing, but for those who listen to their intuition, they listen to that knowing, that knowing is putting them in the safe spaces for the great shaking. And, um, and so after the great shaking, we're going to continue to build our society of light. They will be a survival factor to everyone in the major cities, but there's going to be some major cities, East and West coast, completely wiped out, completely gone. Uh, like the land gone that that used to hold these major cities, and so the the earth is going to change its face. It's going to have a makeover, and and from there we're going to start building this new earth. Literally, a new earth with cities of light uh, being led by beings of light. Um, at the same time, there will be this dual existence of people dwelling in the fear. There may even be people at this point trying to exit the planet on certain crafts and certain ships to uh, save the fear side of humanity, the the side of humanity that wants to be the survivor um, or the prepper. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very different way to go. But, but those who had that awakening, who had that activation of light because they were with their key masters and the key masters helped flip on the switch of new tools, new communication, new connection, and as they follow that, these new tools, they know where they need to be and, and how soon they need to be there. There will be a definite urgency to the communication, to the downloads of where we're supposed to be for this. Yeah. I know Patty and I have both been feeling like these shifts are like imminent is like the word, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like, you know, I've been saying this since the early 2000s where I was like ready for all this stuff to happen the next day like that's how soon but like as I'm moving through these decades I'm like I can't tell you like it feels like these shifts are at the tip of my you know nose they and are. tongue they're here coming. Yeah. they're coming very soon and and first like I said there's going to be first the, the grand solar event and the reason why is there needs to be that grand solar event to activate the truth to activate the light in a lot of us. And then we know exactly where to go. In fact, I know where I'm going. I've already um, been scouting out my location. Dare uh, you when... say it because it might get clogged up. <laughs> hey, I'll say it. I'm, I know it's going to be. Where are you going? I'm going to the Appalachian Mountains, which I've never lived there. But mm-hmm. but historically, my ancestry has 
I'm, I have some Cherokee heritage in my ancestry and um, they, that's their, their holy land is the Appalachian mountains. And um, over in East Tennessee, Northwest Georgia, that's where I'm going to be. And I'm going to be at a specific elevation or above a specific elevation. And uh, I went and spent a week out there this year scouting locations. I don't know the exact location yet, but I know that that's the general area. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go again. We're going to scout some more locations, look at some, some property and I want to be ready. I want to make sure I'm doing my due diligence because there's going to be people just like me that are going to have the property ready for when people are ready to move. They'll have a place to move to, um, a place to be called to. And, and then they're just going to start showing up outside of religion too. This is going to be a, this is going to be so beyond religion. And there's going to be all faiths just activating to the same locations. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. We're going to see a true unification of soul, of spirit and body together. Um, no matter the culture, no matter the religion, no matter the, the political. In fact, most of them are, are going to be apolitical and not political at all anymore. And realize that politics was just always a tool to separate us. And um, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful thing to witness. Absolutely amazing. So Vinny, something that I've been told is that um, this has been delayed. You know, since I was little, yep. I was sure that I was going to have- times. Three times it's been okay. delayed. Yep. Yeah. And, and I was also told that um, there, it, there won't be any, any more delays that- Exactly. The delays and- have been pushed. They, they've negotiated three delays. I've, I've felt the delays when they happened. They started in 2012. That was the first delay. Um, and, um, you know, it was originally um, in the works so that this would begin around the 2012 period. Um, but because we all put so much energy into the 2012 stuff, it messed things up. Every time we allow fear to control the narrative, it pushes things away. But now um, our window of opportunity is closing. There's, there's no delaying anymore. Uh, it's either we do this or we're going to um, have our entire planet destroyed. One or the other, one of, one of the two. And, you know, God, source creator has already made the choice that that the planet earth school it continues earth school continues for for eons and so uh because that decision has been made there's no more delays for sure man i have so much stuff to say uh (laughs) because patty i told you i had that super intense hypnotherapy the other day and i was incorporating one of my guides was coming through and was saying the exact same thing so it's like enough no no more delays no more waiting no more beating around the bush no more patience now it has Mm -hmm. to be done now and it has to be done before ai uh comes in and takes over soul because ai wants to take over soul no matter what people believe or not doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um ai is the the inviting of lower frequency energy into the soul space and that's what it's going to do as AI takes over the cell phones, which it will. It's already doing it on a lot of apps um, as AI takes over the, the cell phones. As much energy as all of us pour our consciousness into our cell phones, we're going to give leverage to wh- whatever's running that technology. And so uh, there will be people going into full enslavement into their technology because of AI running their cell phones. And I know that sounds wacky and it sounds wacky coming out of my mouth, 
but I'm telling you that whether it sounds wacky or not doesn't change the fact that it's happening. It doesn't sound wacky to me. Um, So of the people who are going to be going through these ascension energies and, and stepping into their light bodies, don't you think even with the great shaking and the destruction and natural disasters and societal unrest that they're going to be able to transcend through that, they're going to be operating on another dimensional plane, right? Like, so wouldn't you think even if you were somebody who happened to be in one of these chaotic spaces, you would almost be impermeable to to the destruction or? You're going to leave that space as soon as you start to separate from it. So as soon as you energetically start going to the higher space, the space that's not fear, you're Mm -hmm. going to energetically and physically both, you're going to leave that space even if it means you just start walking away and you don't know why you're walking away, but you leave it for good and you start walking towards a space of light, a, a one of these communities of light. And when you find it, you'll be able to, you'll be one of the only people who can find the community of light. There'll be people who are in the fear cages, you know, and, and these are energetic cages, not, not necessarily physical, but they could be physical as well. Um, as they're walking around looking for these communities of light, they're going to know that they exist, but they can't find them because they, they have to pull their consciousness out of the fear, even to be able to see these spaces. So uh, we're going to have some extra protection in those spaces where there's not going to be attacks. There's not going to be attacks like we see right now. There was a big attack just the other night at a concert. You, you can watch it right now. Big wave of dark energy came and, and took over that entire concert. Hundreds of people um, almost a thousand people felt it within a matter of two seconds. They felt this huge wave of of dark, dark energy come over the entire concert. That's what's what's hitting the planet right now. It's trying to fight this ascension. It's trying to prevent the ascension. But all it's doing is separating us. It's peeling us into the camp of fear or or allowing us to upgrade into the camp of light and love. And it's really our choice. It is what we allow our brain to be occupied with. That's what we're going to have. So if we are in a fear state, we will, we will climb into our cage of fear and we'll be happy like the little parakeet that we become. Or we will climb out of that cage through love, through divination, through inspiration, through service to others. And then we will upgrade and we'll get direction with that upgrade. I know a lot of people listening are probably going to be like, well, how, how will I know if I am on the right track or I'm going to be part of the chosen group that go into the Ascension, you know, pathway? Uh, do you have any insight on yes, that? Like absolutely. what qualifies you? <laughs> so here's what you do. If you want to know who you are, look at the frame around who you are and, and the frame. We talked about this in, in the last interview. Um, who you are is dictated by who you worship, what you worship. And if you want to know who or what you worship, look to your hour of power. What are you putting in the first 30 minutes as soon as you wake up? What are you putting in the last 30 minutes before you go to bed? That is your hour of power. And whatever you're putting in that space, that is what is most important to you. So if that is sports, if that is entertainment, if that is social media, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, then that's what you're worshiping. And if you're worshiping that, um, welcome to the cage. You better start decorating. Is it too late to change that? No, absolutely not. Right now, it's not too late. But but by the time that people have received this activation, 
if you're not on the site of activation, I don't know if you get an activation. Because if that cage becomes locked, you're you're done. You're sold. You're full enslaved. I think that there's sort of a natural progression, though, that people are finding they just have less patience or they have less of a palate for certain things. And it's not something that they're actually consciously trying to do. It's just like suddenly, like, I just can't be around that kind of music or those type of shows, or I can't be on my phone all the time. It just bothers them to some degree. And it's it's not even a conscious choice that they're doing that, that a lot of people are yeah. noticing. They're upgrading. Yeah. yeah, they're getting these upgrades. And, uh, and a good way to know that is that means you're around one of these key masters. One of these key masters has flipped on the switch for you. And now, you know, your favorite show is not your favorite show. Now, all of a sudden, the first thing you do is you, you wake up and you realize, hmm, I want to do some breath work. I want to go outside and connect to Mother, Mother Gaia. I want to connect to Mother Nature. I want to do a prayer. I want to do some meditation or I want to, to study Holy Scripture or I want to um, study Torah or Quran. I want to study something that's going to connect me to source. Um, or I want to just go be with plants. I want to be with animals. I want to be with life, with vitality, with a thriving energy. And if we're doing that in our hour of power, we know that we're not inside the cage. Cage activity is completely through your phone. Cage activity is turn on the TV as soon as you wake up or, or kick on that phone and start checking stocks or checking the news or checking entertainment. That that is how you know you're in the cage. Yeah, but those people who are doing that don't know. They don't know. The they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's they're okay. not aware. You know it's okay. It's it. Here's the here's the beautiful thing. If if you're in the cage, and and you're not getting out, that's your divine path. There's a reason. God's got a reason. Source has a reason why you're on that path, and it could be your higher contract, your soul contract, that that's how you're supposed to end your life here was in a cage, an energetic cage. But I'll tell you, those who are not in the cage, it's definitely part of their higher path, their soul contract to not be in that cage. And it's a beautiful thing to watch as I watch people activate around me, as I watch people that, you know, they're, they're miserable, completely consumed by fear and by the news and by the mantras of the news. And then they get activated and now the, the news has no fear over them. And um, social media has no control over them. And they, they turn into and blossom into a flower, a flower of beautiful energy. And that's what all of us are. That's who we're supposed to be is flowers, flowers of energy. We're supposed to flow the energy through us, both positive and negative. And as we begin to allow that to happen, we get nourished even by the passing of the energy. And that's where that's where the realm of light begins is to be one of these flowers or flowers. And then we'll start blossoming, growing, putting down roots. Do you think that the two groups will be aware of each other or do you see it as like they're aware of each other to some degree? And then eventually those in the light cities, as you call them, are you know, just blissfully living along. Are they aware of those that got stuck or are yeah, those so that are weird. stuck? The cities of light, we're going to always be aware of those who dwell in the fear. And in many cases, there's going to be, you know, special trips to try to go and pull people out of the fear, but it's going to be futile. It won't work. Um, everyone has to make that choice themselves. Nobody can go influence that choice on them. 
they have to make that choice themselves. And if they don't make the choice, it's just not going to happen. So after a little bit of while of transition of that separation, um, we're going to eventually get to a point where we fully embrace the path, whether that path is in the light or in the fear, no matter who it is that we're caring about, we're going to embrace that that's their path. And um, as we do that, the fear people will stop uh, even uh, knowing about us. They'll forget about us, essentially. And we'll still know about them, uh, but they're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually, um, they, they're going to have almost an eradication to where they, there's almost no fear left on the planet. And as that happens, then we, we escalate our, our progress to a whole nother level um, towards source, towards creator, towards what I call heaven. As an earth, we go towards heaven. Do you think that this happens over generations or is this like an hour lifetime, do you feel? Or how did you see that unfolding? Yes and yes. So yes, it does happen in our lifetimes. Yes, it does happen over generations. But the beautiful thing is people will be transitioning from physical body to eternal body overnight. It will happen in meditation. It will happen. Uh, we'll go to bed as a physical being. We'll wake up as an energetic being. And as an energetic being, we are eternal. And we don't need to keep going into cycles of life. We can now be this beacon of light for the whole universe um, to heal the universe, to uh, bring um, the vast, tremendous power of light into the universe. And that's what the, the eternal being or the energetic being is all about. And, and then we start coalescing and coming together and learning the power of unity with that light and become a unified light. Yeah. I, since I was little, I, I like pretty much came out of the womb knowing that I was going to witness something huge in my lifetime, huge. Mm -hmm. And then I kept saying, where is it? I don't have a whole lot of lifetime left. And I kept saying, oh, it's been delayed. Being told it's been delayed. It's been delayed. So mm -hmm. so as far, and, and because I'm older than you two, as far as age goes, those people that, um, like, I feel like I was somebody that's supposed to be here to witness this. Can, can I, is there a chance that I will still be able to witness it in this lifetime and age won't matter? Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm go you're going to see people that uh, they become 99 years old and then they transition into this energetic being and they'll look like they're 20 or 30. Um, and, and in that energetic form, you're going to live eternally. And that's who you really are. Um, you'll have your light body still. Your light body is a higher version even of the energetic body. But you'll now have this, this communion of the light body and the energetic body together. And the light body is who you always were before you ever came into existence here on earth. And the energetic body is who you are after you die here on earth. And so you're, there's going to be this coalescing between the two bodies coming together and you'll be whichever one you settle into strongest. And, and in that form, you're going to live out eternities. And it's not like we just go and chill in heaven. There, you know, existence is continual progress, eternal progression, and there's going to be jobs, there's going to be duties, there's going to be healing uh, for all of us to perform across the universe. And then we become the higher beings, saving um, and working with lower 
lower beings and lower existence and lower states of existence. Um, but it's really an amazing, beautiful thing. And it's all voluntary. We're never going to do anything we don't want to do. Uh, but we're going to have a, a tremendous sh- strength of desire towards the light, towards the, the high vibrational activities of love. Yeah. Beautiful. So holding on to this vision for the last 20 years, and I, if you're like me, you know, because I was also getting visions in the very beginning of uh, the 2000s, and it wasn't until about 2017, 2018 that I was like, oh, everything's starting to fall in place where I don't feel like that was some, you know, crazy thing that I saw. Um, What, like, at what point did you like you're saying like you're right now you're like this is imminent it's so soon it's we're right at the edge of it like at what point were you seeing the pieces start to fall into place as far as when your vision happened during your after-death experience so covid was the first thing so covid was um you know as as covid happened and the first shutdowns were happening i was out in my backyard and i saw a triple in the middle of the day i saw a triple a meteor come into into my sky space above my house. So I, you know, I live in Las Vegas uh, in Henderson, and I saw this big triple meteor come in in the middle of the day. It split into three pieces. One piece um, burned out quick and then fizzed. The second one burned out a little longer, and then the third one was like this big boom. And um, to me, I was getting confirmation with this with this experience and and working with my guidance team they helped me understand that that was confirmation that the times that i'd been shown eons ago you know 20 years ago the times that i was shown are now beginning finally and uh, you know i was waiting 2012 because i was feeling uh, almost this imminency of it coming and then i could feel that as of december 21st 2012 is now pushed off it was, it was completely pushed off. But I also felt, um, even before my experience, I, I know for a fact that there was something big that was supposed to happen in 2001 and 2002, and that was all pushed off as well. Uh, it was negotiated, I should say, uh, negotiated with the delay. And now there's no more delays. You know, all the options on delays are gone. We've exhausted them. And now we, we have to play our part. We have to play our role. Um, Earth School has its purpose. And there's no denying that purpose. We either upgrade and we stay on earth or we don't and we peel off of earth and we become the snakeskin on earth. We peel away and become the old version of earth because earth is moving on with or without us. Yeah. So Vinny, you've said they have decided they they have negotiated. Who are they? <laughs> so behind the scenes, uh, what we don't realize is all of us are living in the Wizard of Oz. All of us. There is very strong powers on both sides, both good and evil. There's very strong powers negotiating back and forth, and and truly, that's the battle of souls that that the Bible and the Torah talk about, and the Quran talk about. Is is the energetic battle that we are existing in right now? And what's been happening is there's been some negotiating back and forth. Absolutely. And the grace of that negotiation is done. 
There's no more grace left on it. And so now we are to a point where we're at what they consider a push point where we're going to be thrust into this next era, whether we're ready for it or not. Yeah. Do you see them as what though? Like, are they galactic? Are oh, they... I'll, you know what? I would talk about that, but I'll tell you that's going to open up a whole another can of worms of <laughs> who that is, uh -huh. who is running the show. Um, I, I know for a fact, if you start talking about it, you immediately ostracize half your audience. They don't want to hear these terms. They don't want to believe these things exist, but they do. And they are, and there will be a day where, where you're, you realize you're on the side of light and these things have always existed. These beings that people talk about that that couldn't exist. Well, it does, does exist. And what's really great is there's amazing beings of of craftsmanship and work and light that are ready to come help us and their window of opportunity is passing so there's certain timing that has to happen for them to come in and help us with the cities of light and and what's really great is their story is our story our story is their story just um, our story is in micro their story is in macro and, and much bigger than we could even understand. And then on top of that, there's another wave of helpers that um, will be coming after the first wave. And uh, so there's two waves of helpers coming to help facilitate and, and make this transition happen for all of us. But only those who dwell in the light are going to be able to work with these helpers. Um, the others won't even see them. They, it, it's like they don't even exist to them. Well, I just want to say that our audience isn't the one that shies away from oh, this I know. kind of information. I know. I Trust know, me, I've still... said some wild stuff on this podcast. I already, uh... <laughs> I already have my uh, my partner and and some of my team. They they don't like me talking too freely about this kind of stuff because it pushes a lot of people away. And and I want to make sure that anybody who's ready to embrace the light of God, the light of Source, the light of Creator, I want to help them on that path. So. Um, that's really my discretion of why I don't bring up who it is. And it's uh -huh. also not going to, it's not going to change how it happens either to know right. who it is. Um, but one day you'll wake up and realize that those who have been in power have been all around us, including presidents. And we had no idea that the, they were these beings of manipulation and power. No idea. Right. Yeah. I mean, so at the very least we can say that they are, Higher and lower vibrational interdimensional beings that are yes, working very much with so, very or much against so. us. Yes. And I yes. I think that there's a lot of us that, that get that and understand that. that we recognize very, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else that you can share or would like to share about those visions before we go into some of our listener questions? Um, you know, the, the main thing is to understand this. If you're listening to this and it puts you in a place of fear, Go check your hour of power. Go check what you're allowing to be what you worship. If you're hearing this and you feel inspired, um, recognize your key masters. Recognize those around you who are helping escalate your progress, escalate your connection to light, to, to the love frequency, and, and allow yourself more exposure or more time with these people um, and with that culture of who these people are. This is going to be vitally important for us and some of us we're going to be complete bystanders to it and all of a sudden we get activated we'll be in the right place at the right time i i know myself 
I was shown from the very beginning that I have to be very careful what my hour of power is. I have to be very careful that I'm putting myself in the right place because I'm not just part of the wave. I have to be a facilitator in the wave. I have to help make these waves of light happen in a positive way um, where I can help others come into that, that love frequency where they can be inspired and saved and protected and, and connected to a thriving vitality they didn't know existed in the universe. Beautiful. Um, and I would just like to add to that because I know how some people are with that fear that, um, you know, if you know that you're a good person and you know that you're uh, considerate and compassionate and in service to others and that you and your heart's desire see this long vision of a greater earth and a greater humanity, that you are very likely on that higher path and, uh, you know, not to get too much pressure on yourself because I just know how some people can be to put too much pressure on yeah. themselves and they get down on themselves. They're not doing enough and they're not contributing or there's too many distractions and they're just trying to survive. Just have faith in the light and faith in the space in which we're going. And that might be enough to tether you there. That is my belief. Yeah. I just have, want to add that on. And there. you know what? Have faith and turn off your phone. Seriously. <laughs> have faith, turn off your phone. Things are yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. Things are going to be okay. Okay. We have a list of questions from uh, everybody who listened to the near-death experience episode in which you shared your story about uh, going to the other side. And we have an array of questions ranging from the exact experience that you had to maybe philosophical insights that you may have garnered. I love it. Would... I love all of it. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> okay. I have a couple basic ones. Um in the in the episode that you did with us on your after death experience, you um, spoke about the paramedic, and so people would like to know how you learned what the paramedic went through, and you know if if he came to you afterwards, if how how you got that information, and if you are still in contact with him, and if this had a, a huge, which I'm sure did impact on his life and his belief system as well. So first off, I would love to reconnect with him. I'm not in contact with him anymore. Um, so, Hey brother, if you're out there hearing this, I'd love to hear from you, uh, reach out through my website. Um, I reached out to him, so I wasn't even allowed to know his name. What I did know is I had this hefty bill from the, the saving work that they did on me. And so I reached out to the company, the, the actual ambulance company. They wouldn't tell me who he was, but they told me which, uh, which kind of station he was working for. And so I went and kind of my own due diligence, I went just knocking on the door saying, Hey guys, I'm alive. I want, I want to just spread the message And there. And they said, well, oh, yeah, your guy is in here. He was actually in trouble. And so I, I learned from his supervisor, he was reprimanded for breaking protocol. Um, he was being, you know, officially they had said he was being written up. Uh, I don't know to what extent I couldn't get any records on that, tried to actually get records on that. But what I did know is from him, he told me, I, I offered to take him to lunch. He took me up on the offer, but he wouldn't let me even buy him lunch. We just went and each got a couple of sandwiches down the street, not too far from where he was working. And I was able to talk to him a little bit about it. And that's how I was able to you know, understand more 
And that's when I asked him, I was like, Hey, did you see, you know, did you see the light that was glowing in front of, you know, inside of you? Did you hear the loud voice that I heard? And he didn't hear the voice. He didn't see the light. But what he did say is he said, he just knew. He just knew. And this is the way he said it. He said, within, with every fiber of my being, I knew you weren't done yet. Wow. And that's, that's the verbiage that he used to, to discuss it with me. Um, but yeah, it was just absolutely amazing to spend a few minutes with him. And, and like I said, he wouldn't even let me buy his sandwich. I was trying to, I was trying to give him anything I could that, you know, I wasn't wealthy, didn't have a bunch of uh, finances, but I'll, I wanted to do anything that I could for him because he sure made a difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, and I know that, um, your conversation with him was brief, but I also know that you read people. Do you feel that this had a huge impact on him and his spiritual awakening or do you, and I, I know this is p- putting someone else's thoughts in your mouth, but, yeah. or do you feel like being reprimanded and being in that position that that held him back from maybe being able to experience that? Higher no, I could, I could feel right away. Um, he, he, he had actually been testing to be a fireman. And right after this happened, he had his test approved. So he had made it through the testing period and they approved him to be a fireman, but he hadn't made his decision whether he was going to switch from being an EMT to now becoming a fireman slash EMT. Um, but because of this, this experience, he definitely made that switch. I know for a fact he went and became a fireman after this. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And that was, he made that very clear too, that, well, you know, since I already been written up on my first week on the job, that that's going to make that transition easy for me so that it didn't hurt his record. He could hurry and become a fireman before that that kind of hurt his record. So, yeah, I know for a fact he was he was going to to not trade but transition into becoming a fireman at that point. Yeah. It's so crazy that someone would be reprimanded for that. I know. That's... Well, they have you know, protocols are protocols. They're yeah, supposed to yeah. follow them. If they don't, they get in trouble even if it does save someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this question here. Can you please describe what heaven looks like in detail? Colors. What does the sky mm-hmm. look like? Does it look like a Renaissance painting? Here's what's really cool. For a few years, I got to work in specifically in the TV industry um, where I was seeing some of the newest televisions out there uh, from Samsung, from LG, uh, from Sony. And if you look at the enhanced colors in TVs now, I mean the colors that are just super enhanced, it's a lot closer to what the colors in heaven are like. Because the way that that color is being delivered to your eyeball is because there's light behind that color and the light is coming to you from the source, right? And that's how light works in heaven is there's not this big external sun everything there is source, everything. So the grass is source light. The sky has light coming from it. The clouds have light coming from even even the flowers have light coming from them. And so everything is light, including your own body, like your energetic body had light coming off of it. So um, just everything there was light. And to describe the colors is imagine all the colors that we know about in our universe. And that's not even an eyelash compared to the whale of colors that are in heaven. There's so much more. 
so many more colors that we don't understand that even our eye can't understand. But one way to help us understand here is when you look at the frequency, the, the actual light that our eyeball can perceive, it, only, it can only perceive a small percentage of the total color spectrum. That means even here, even here on Earth, we're only seeing a small sliver of the actual light around us. And, and that is to help you understand the true scope of light in heaven, is there's so much more. And, and, and like I said, all the colors added up here that we can even fathom, and that's a tiny little eyelash compared to the whale of colors, the huge amount of colors there. Yeah, does that kind of that put it in words kind of? That's a wonderful description. Um, is the landscapes, I know that there's probably likely more worlds than just Earth, but like if we were having an earthly, you, you said grass, you know, or buildings mm -hmm. and things like that over there, does it on some level represent Earth? Yeah, just so a Earth is version? a copy. So Earth is definitely a copy of heaven. Heaven was the original. Earth is the uh, miniature toy tchotchke version. It's just, it's, it's the watered down like, version. Oh yeah. Major watered down. It's almost like, um, if you go to, you know, I live in Las Vegas, so we have the Paris, um, hotel here. And then we have the, the actual Eiffel tower in France. Right. And I've been there when you, when you buy a little 50 cent Eiffel tower, that's earth. And, and the real Eiffel tower is, is heaven. So that, that may give you a perspective of what that difference is. There's so much more. But here's the great thing. The little 50-cent Eiffel Tower is beautiful. And so is the real Eiffel Tower, right? So there's, there's real beauty to both. But one is just a much smaller and less scope than the other. And that's what, that's what heaven is to earth. Just so much more scope than we could understand. Beautiful. Okay. This next question is, are you still in contact with the friend that you had this experience with? And if so, did he go through anything similar to what you experienced? So he, I am in contact with him. And, and it's funny you ask. I'm actually going out to Washington, D.C. next week and for a big convention. And then when the convention's over, I'm going to his house. I'm going to spend a few days. Um, I still consider him, you know, a, my best friend and, and, um, he has gone into uh, the nutraceutical or the nu nu nutrition industry, and he's a big wig there. So um, I love spending time with him. We always cross jabs because we have that experience together. He didn't have um, a spiritual experience that we know about. Um, maybe one day I will be able to convince him to go into a regressive uh, or regression hypnosis. And maybe we could just see, see if he had anything because, you know, he did, he, he went unconscious and, and passed out on the table. They found him, they took him to the hospital, pumped his stomach and he was fine. He was out the very next day. Uh, meanwhile, I was in the hospital in my coma for three days. So, you know, he didn't have as much access or, or time in heaven, but it's not to say it, it didn't happen. He just, he doesn't remember it for sure. He doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Okay, next question. Could you describe the schools in the heavenly realm? Oh, it's so amazing. So if, if you want to look at the schools as the Akashic records, you can. If you want to look at the schools as if they are the, 
the libraries of Alexandria, they are, uh, but, but in the eternal form. Um, the schools there are a place where you match the love energy of what you're trying to learn. And, and you'll be able to enter the room that that learning is going on. And you'll be able to bring into yourself, your knowingness, your being, complete downloads of, of the mysteries of the universe, complete mysteries of the universe. You'll understand and know to, to the extent of who you are, you'll know these things. Um, it's, you know, I wish I got to spend more time there, but I will say this. When I meditate, I can actually go to these schools and I can learn things. I can't learn them the way I would if I was in heaven, but I can learn them the way I, I can while I'm here. And there's all sorts of understandings and knowings that you can get when you go into meditation here while you allow your consciousness to go visit there, if that makes sense. So do these schools have structure? Is there classrooms? Are there teachers in these schools? Or is it uh, just a sort of an energetic exchange within some portal? So source is the teacher of all. So our creator is our teacher of all things. Um, But the building itself has a love frequency, a source energy in it, that as you go into these classrooms, you will you just start upgrading your own vibrational process, your own understanding process. And what will happen is, depending who's in the classroom with you, you'll like bounce off of each other's energy and you'll escalate it. You'll yin-yang each other up to this much, much higher realm. And that's where ultimate understanding is done, where all the mysteries of the universe are communicated to us. Um, but, but what's funny, though, it is love that unlocks that. So it's very unlike schooling here. There's very few people here that go to school because they love learning. They do it because they have purpose. They have careers. They have um, objectives. They have goals. But it's not because they love the process of learning. And it's a very different process. When you're learning because you love what you're learning, um, you really embody what you're learning. You, you really take it on to who you are as a being. And that's the, the learning you do in heaven. And that's an eternal learning, a learning that stays with you forever. Okay, here's a question from me. There awesome. are <laughs> there are people here on the planet that have the ability to astral travel into other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Are we able to travel into the dimension of heaven? Is it an open dimension? Do we have to have a psychopomp to help us? Is this something that we can get glimpses up of ahead of time? Or is this something you can only access after death? Nope. Um, it's free and open to all of us if we want it. Um, we do have to attain a certain love frequency or love energy to get there. But if you use angels, if you use guides and guardians and helpers, they can help you get there even if you're not attuning your own love energy to the to that level. They can they can help slide you in there to get a little bit of understanding, a little bit of uh, experience. And then you come back just so you get, get like the baby version of heaven. Yeah, it's it's 100% open to all of us. But the only way in is love. So if you're trying to get there for, for objective or to target, you know, if you try to astral project yourself there without love, you won't get there. But if you do it with love, absolutely get there and you'll get there pretty fast. So and I've mentioned this. Uh, thank you for that. I've mentioned this on another episode. My grandmother who has passed 
told me that if, if, and when I was ready, that she would walk me in and give me a glimpse. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I haven't been ready. I mean, I would think that I would have done this years ago, but I haven't been ready. I kind of had this fear that I'm going to go and not want to return. So I don't <laughs> really go so there. What's, but it- what's really funny is I get very strongly that you have already been there and it was mm-hmm. in a dream and you're just not allowing yourself to remember it. So um, I think if you went under hypnosis, either uh, under quantum healing hypnosis or some type of traditional hypnosis, you could unlock that memory for yourself. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Have you ever heard of anyone being reincarnated into the past or anyone having a past life in the future? Hmm. So um, time is not linear. And so past, present, and future are lines on the board game. They are not real. It's all happening now. Our past is happening now. Our present is happening now. Our future is happening now. And the way that spirit or heaven looks at us, they think it's all happening now. And if you really want to boggle your mind, the aspect of who you really are is not existing here. It's already existing in heaven but you're lending a sliver of that being, a sliver of that consciousness here in the physical body. And you're existing simultaneously. Um, Your spirit itself is omnipresent. It could be in all places, all times at the same time, if you want it to be. Um, But it it does get limited by your desire and by your beliefs. But um, yes, I've seen people... They can experience the past in the future. They can experience the future in the past. There is no time. Time doesn't exist. Yeah. I agree with that. We've tried to describe that to people in so many different ways of how we're always stuck on this linear, like lifetimes do not happen immediately after each other, according to the years It can bounce around. The way, the way that I like to describe it to people is people that play chess, you know, each piece on that chessboard has limits to its moves. But in reality, we're all queens. We can go any direction, any, you know, any amount of spaces. And, and really, there's not a forward, there's not a backwards, there's only, there's only winning or losing, winning or losing, right? And, um, and that's really what it's about, is time is a construct that was invented or created so that we could perceive it as far as progress. Um, but we don't need it. It's not a fundamental part of who we are. And once we take away gravity, there is no time. They're completely connected to each other. If you could go back into your um, after-death experience, is there anything that you would ask or want more insight on? Um, Yes, I would want to just stay there longer. Mm. (laughs) Can I I stay longer? (laughs) I, I really loved it. I I love the energy of it. And I go back and visit that energy quite often. My problem is when I go back and visit, I get very homesick for it. So I have to be careful about how much time I allow myself in, in visitation uh, because then I'll start to get depressed. (laughs) And this is real. This is a real thing. Like you get depressed because you remember what it is like there. Yeah. That was definitely one of the questions somebody had asked if people who have NDEs are get depressed or if they feel invigorated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And another part of it is sometimes you'll be sitting there and you'll watch someone selflessly serve someone else and it will just connect to your core. 
and you'll just start weeping like a little child. You'll just weep because that is the love energy in heaven. And when you see it here, it just really connects to your core of who you are. And now that you've been there, you, you see those little slivers of heaven here. And when it does happen, you, you do, you, you kind of liquefy, you turn into a puddle of tears for a moment. And then you kind of get a hold of yourself and say, wait a second, I'm still on earth. <laughs> get a hold of myself. Uh, one of the listeners has a loved one that was in an accident and had a severe brain injury and was in a coma for five months. He's mm -hmm. out of the coma now, but is no longer there. Where mm -hmm. is he? Is the soul there or in the spirit world? So he's a limbo. And there's two ways that limbos happen. One way a limbo happens is they are actually experiencing and existing in the spirit world. They allow um, just a small piece of their consciousness to stay in the body, but it, but it's almost like a um, a hibernation where the spirit's not there very often. Um, that's one option. The other option is a walk-in. Sometimes what will happen is the the true path, the divine path for that being, was to actually transition. But the the prayer of the families has um, asked that that being stay, and in grace. The, the body is allowed to stay, but almost in a stasis, a hibernation. Um, and, and sometimes a volunteer will come in and, and stay out a few years in that body so that the body can break down and, and begin doing its actual crossing that was meant to happen. But, you know, I've also seen other people um, who have pulled out of these comas and wake up. And that's, that's their divine path, too. So there is a third option out there. Uh, the hard part is you you have to turn it over to God, to source, and say you want whatever's best for that soul, whatever's best for that being, and whatever's best will end up happening. And, and usually quite quickly, once you start turning it all over to God and saying, I want what's best for this being. Um, do you believe that experiencing a near-death experience or an after-death experience is part of our soul's contract? Um, it was mine. Um I don't think it's part of everyone's contract for sure. And, and I know that I was supposed to share my experience so that other people didn't have to go through it so they could get their own activation. And in a way, um, sharing my experience has become a key master for some people. It's helped open up things, turn things on for them in a way that it's almost like they had their own experience through uh, reading mine. And to me, that's a very beautiful thing that that God has allowed these activations in other people just from reading the experience. And, you know, for me, I really love reading and studying other people's experiences. It helps me feel like I'm less crazy because I do feel crazy a lot of the time. And, and that's, that's understandable. Um, but I love reading other people's experiences. So then I feel that, you know, I'm not the only one. There's a, there's a lot of us out there. There's, there's a heck of a lot of us out there. And I wish that more people would be more open about their experiences too, so that so that we could know the true numbers. I think that um, there's more than around eight to fifteen percent of the American population have had a near-death experience, um, or had a spiritually transformative experience, or have had an after-death experience. Something like this they've had. Um, in in some parts of the country, it scores a lot higher, and others a little bit lower. But uh, if people were freely and open about it, I think it would be accepted even more. Okay, I have a question for you. 
Uh, what do you think is our soul's purpose for existing and being in the universe? That's a big one. <laughs> Some say we're here to make the world a better place to evolve over lifetimes. Do you have an answer to that? I do. Um, we're here to learn. That's why we come here. We're here to learn. Um, we come to earth school so that we can learn the lessons that we pre-selected for ourselves to learn. And, and that's hard for some people to hear, but yes, we did pre-select some of the, the trials and the lessons that we need to learn here um, because they do serve our higher purpose. And that's what it's all about, serving the higher purpose. So I sit on a council or a committee at night in my dream state. I've had several clients that I have read that have mm -hmm. the same type of thing. I know that I am negotiating really important things and I will get little bits and pieces, but no matter how much I ask to retain, I do not retain very much. And I know that this is a committee with some humans, some non-humans, and that it's important work. So my question for you is all, you know, we've been talking about negotiations and deciding on timelines um, for things to happen. Are there people that are, are, are souls that are embodied as humans now that are also working with these decisions in these negotiations? Or do you feel like this is something totally different? Nope. You're, you're right on the money. Uh, a majority of people that are probably listening to your podcast are a member already of a council of life. Most of them. I would say majority of the people that are on this awakened path, and I don't mean a woke path, I mean an awakened path, where you've, you've awakened to your inner divinity, you're following that divinity, you're trying to develop that divinity, you're trying to develop a better relationship with that divinity. You're going to fall into um, essentially two camps. You're either going to be part of one of these councils of light, or you're going to be a volunteer from another universe and you're allowing your consciousness here uh, to be a, a player, a player in the game to help bring about the higher purpose of the universe, the higher purpose of this galaxy, the higher purpose of this earth. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. What are some final tips or tools or areas of focus that you would give our audience in order to um, ensure that they stay on a positive path or that they're contributing or not being in the fear cage, mm -hmm. you know, what, what are just some basic, you know, commandments of life that you can give people um, to as, as a takeaway before we close out this conversation? Um, the number one thing, and it's one of the first things I teach people in my retreats and my in my coaching, in my counseling, is breath work. Breath work is vitally important. And um, you can breathe yourself through quite a bit of, of trauma and drama that you find yourself in here on earth. And if you can really allow breath work into your life, and if you're not sure what breath work is, sit there and focus on your breathing. Count your breaths in, count your breaths out, and do that for five minutes. That's breath work. Um, and being a little creative with it, that's going to be additional breath work, different forms of breath work. But breath work itself is vitally important for us. For those who are on this divine path, we've got to strike a balance with breath. And when we're breathing, we're flowing. And when we're breathing and we're flowing, we become flowers or flowers of, of creation. And that's what it all boils down to is we can really blossom our life 
into a beautiful existence, starting with breath work. Breath work first. And from there, we can start helping control our thoughts and helping control what we do with our actions and our resources. And from there, we can you know, start changing the world one person at a time, one being at a time, one animal at a time. We can start changing this world. But it all starts with breath work. Beautiful. I love that, Vinny. Part of the uh, big theme and the vision I had of the future was that it felt like the world couldn't breathe. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that I've been telling people for years. It's yeah. like, it's like the whole world is drowning. And when we finally break through, it's like taking a breath of life. So I find this like nugget of wisdom to be so <laughs> in alignment with what mm -hmm. is so necessary. And this time, even with like COVID and how it yeah. affects the lungs and these fires that are happening and the pollution in the air and this just overwhelming sense of not being able to breathe yeah. and, uh, yeah, coming well, back you know, to the breath. I, I want to say to everyone, don't believe what the news tells you. There's a reason and there's a business behind it. Don't be a consumer of their news. Be a consumer of light. Be a consumer of oxygen. Be a consumer of breath. And here's what's really neat. If there's a big decision in front of you, breathe calmly for five minutes before you make that decision. And God's going to help align you. Our source, our creator is going to help align you into the right path. So allow yourself that space, allow your, that, yourself that sacred space, and our creator comes alive in that space. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Vinny. This has been really amazing. Yeah, it's and, been awesome. And insightful. It's been really cool to see you guys again. <laughs> yeah. Can we come hang out with you for a weekend and just talk about this hey, stuff like for absolutely. hours? <laughs> absolutely. I actually, I have, I have people that they, they come out and they... They essentially um, stay a weekend with me. They stay a week with me. They just want wow. to get a perspective on things. And um, I also do a couple of retreats every year. And we kind of do the same thing, but we add education to it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you do those in the Vegas area? Um, so we do one of them up near Zion's Canyon in Utah, mm. which is not too mm. far from Vegas, about four hours away from Vegas. But, but uh, And then we're going to start doing them. Um, we're hoping to do one in Ireland and in France awesome. and then also do uh, do a couple across the United States as well. How would someone find out about these? Um, they can go to my website, livinggodslight.com. We're going to do all the, um, the announcements through that website. You can subscribe and then as stuff comes up, we're, we announce it there first. Yeah. And it's always first come, first serve. So it hits my email list first and, and typically each retreat just sells out there first. Yeah. It's such a joy to talk to you. It's so inspiring and fascinating and awakening. Thank you so very much for, for being here for Jude and I, and also for all of our, our um, listeners and for your book and the time you put out to um, share this word. We, we really appreciate you and thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I love what you guys do. You both are, are, are a couple of beacons of light in the storm. So keep doing what you're doing. It, it takes more of us. You know, we need, we need a lot more of us. So you're out there building an audience of, of light bearers. And I love that they are, are becoming beacons themselves to the world. So it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Vinny. 
And as always, we want to thank our audience for supporting us, for sharing our podcast with people that you think would benefit from the conversations that we're having. And we would also like to thank you for all of your donations because it allows us to keep the ads off of our podcast. If you would like to find out more information about what we do individually or together, you can find our individual you can find our websites through our shared website, spiritspeakerspodcast.com. You can follow our Instagram at spiritspeakerspodcast. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, aloha. Take care.